Hey, thanks for joining us for this, uh, the our third podcast. Um, and as we look at this new sermon series, Abide, uh, we've looked at two different, or uh, heard two sermons already, Abide in the Promise of Heaven, Abide in the Promise of the Holy Spirit, and what great comfort we take in these passages that we've uh, traversed through in John chapter 14. Uh, we're going to dive, there we go. We're going to dive into, huh? How about that? Dive into John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17 today, and talk about abide in the promise of fruit producing faith. So before we step into that stuff, we're going to talk about some not so serious things. Let's say college football, because that begins serious. in 79 days in 20 hours. Can you believe Old that? Time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's make a decision. Who do we think right now are, are the top three teams in the SEC? Uh, is it fair to say Auburn, Georgia, Auburn, War Eagle? Yeah. Auburn, War Eagle. That's <laughs> not what he meant to say. To say. Okay. <laughs> I like new coach, I new like coach. Okay, I'm a realistic Auburn fan. Alabama, Georgia, and who's the, the other, the number three? Who's? I'm going to say Tennessee can repeat a strong year. Okay, Tennessee maybe? I, I don't think they're going. I think LSU has got, got okay. it. Okay, LSU. Brian, I think here. you guys have it all wrong. Okay. Uh, I really believe that it's going to be Miami, Florida State, <laughs> and Clemson. I think he's missed and the question. Jesus is coming You're back right. soon. Florida will return soon. <laughs> okay, so we're the conversation then is between LSU and Tennessee. Can we land this plane? I'm going to go LSU. I don't know. I think that's the, that's the new coach and everything. Um, so, Brian, are you going to continue to the tie or are you going to break, break it for us? I refuse to speak the name <laughs> of Creamsicle Orange from the state of North. <laughs> but I do think that they will probably have the third best team. Who's going Tennessee? Okay. So yeah, then well, we've got the four best teams. We do. Four <laughs> best teams. That's perfect. So of the four best teams in the SEC, which of those four teams do you think, and this is here's the prediction, which of those four teams do you think will have the most turnovers at the end of the regular season? Most turnovers committed, right? Committed, yes. That would be the creamsicles from up I north. I think Tennessee. Creamsicles. <laughs> Let's hope Tennessee. That's <laughs> <laughs> the realistic Alabama fan. Right. Uh, okay. If you said most penalties, we, we may have a yeah, debate. Yeah, it would be Alabama. Does, does Tennessee have the re- – the quarterback returning? No. 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 Okay. So that's, that's, that's their big loss. Okay. Okay. All right. Tennessee it is. So here's the official decision. Tennessee is going to have the most turnovers during the regular seasons committed. And uh, we'll see how we do on this at the end of the season. All right. So let's talk about, um, oh, one other thing. Um, every life group, we ask every life group to have a leadership team, a life group leader, co-leader, missions coordinator, and fellowship coordinator. Kyle, give us some uh, thoughts again about missions coordinator and then uh, about an opportunity for life groups to serve soon. Yeah, so as we look to engage our community and those around us um, as life groups, the mission coordinator is really the point person uh, that I'm communicating with about opportunities to serve as a group um, locally. We have different outreach opportunities each month that we put out there. Uh, that I'm communicating with those mission coordinators about. We also have um, a chance that's coming up in July, actually on July 1st, uh, the annual 
big kaboom that the city does uh, that we will be helping with um, to put on the family zone with the inflatables and face painting and all that kind of stuff. Thousands of people come out to it every year. It's a huge opportunity for us. So uh, really looking uh, forward to our faith family being able to be out there and, and serve uh, in the midst of our community, engaging people. Uh, throughout that day. That's good. Well, looking forward to our life groups uh, serving in our community and our missions coordinators in the groups can uh, be sure to get that information communicated to groups and yep. get people signed up. Um, okay, so let's talk about um, John 15 verses 1 through 17. Okay. Uh, this week, John 15 is the deep dive that, that we'll be doing. And um, when you think about the, the word abide and maybe the gospel narrative of John, perhaps chapter 15 pops up to the top real easy. Uh, John uses that word abide about 11 times in just a few verses. And uh, Jesus starts out as he, his words are recorded in verse 1, I am the true vine. Uh, in John's gospel narrative, this is the seventh of the I am declarations that, that Jesus has shared and, and identifying um, himself as the Christ, the Messiah, as, as fully God. Uh, Jesus has said, I am the bread of life. In John chapter 6, I'm the light of the world. In John 8, I'm the gate of the sheep. In John 10, also in John 10, I'm the good shepherd. And then John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. And then John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And here in John 15, I am the true vine. Uh, verses 1 through 17 in John 15, I, I think about the word relationship. I think Jesus is pressing in to those closest followers of his about uh, even though their relationship with him would be changing, uh, his promise is, I'm still going to be with you. I'm not going to desert you. I'm not going to leave you alone. And so... Uh, we've we've looked at the comfort Jesus gave the troubled hearts of these disciples uh, from John 14 of of the comfort of future promise that he's leaving departing in order to prepare a place for them and he would come again and receive them to himself that where he is they would be they would be there also and then a promise uh, that we've already looked at of uh, that that's closer into them of uh, the promise of the presence and power and the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And uh, now Jesus is continuing to prepare the hearts and minds of these disciples that are still struggling uh, about uh, his relationship with, with him. And it's a beautiful image that was very familiar to them on their home turf. Uh, they, they saw vineyards quite often. So when Jesus said, I am the true vine, I am the vine and you are the branches. It's something that they could um, really wrap around in an, in an illustration. And uh, certainly there's some Old Testament imagery there uh, with Israel and, and that we could get into, but we don't have time. But I just want to stay practical with this one, that Jesus is, is saying that even though our relationship is going to change, uh, I want you to understand I am still the life-giving source. Just like the vine is the life-giving source to the branch, so too Jesus is the life-giving source to every child of God. And verse 5 really uh, zeroes in on that when, when Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branch. If anyone remains or abides in me uh, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. 
we are being reminded, as well as those early disciples, that, that a branch cannot survive mm. outside of the vine. And it's a reminder to us that we must stay connected through abiding in a relationship with Christ in order for our spiritual life to have uh, vitality and to bear fruit. Or in other words, our source of life and spiritual fruit is not in ourselves. It is outside of us. It's through that relationship with Christ. And so one thing that we can all identify with and everybody that we will be teaching this lesson to and preaching to is that probably that personal discipline mm. of a quiet time yeah. is an area of battle for time uh, because it is so important. This is what Jesus is talking about. I desire you to abide with me and I with you. And we do that today as children of God, those who have already been born again, uh, through abiding in the Scriptures and abiding with our, our Savior through prayer. So that personal relationship, as we often call it, with Jesus, nurturing that in our quiet time is really an area I think as leaders we can lean into and encourage other believers that we need to make that a priority in our lives, abiding in that personal relationship. Yeah, and and Tim, like you said, that really kind of leads into one of the questions that is in this curriculum about this particular passage, just the idea of what does it really look like on a practical, um, in a practical way to abide, because right. this isn't just you know, closing your eyes and humming and trying to just feel like you're abiding in Jesus, whatever right, that yeah, means. Yeah. But there's real genuine um, practices that, that Jesus is pointing to. This is how you remain in me and in what I've said and, and are growing uh, by relying on me. So I, I think that speaks directly to it. I think it's, I, go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, um, because that's that's a measure connection point, certainly right yeah. there. In fact, one of the questions that we ask when we kind of review or evaluate our measures and how we're doing in them is, do you have a daily time where you're mm. abiding with the Father, uh, with, your, with, with Jesus, your Savior, in a quiet time? Um, and so we just can't probably push and press in how important mm. that is. Um, it is so hard to to grow as a disciple if you're not spending daily time in the presence of the Savior. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, that first, even how to grow in that first mark of discipleship that we've identified that's yeah. critical. Yeah, so important. And, and again, Jesus is pushing relationship, relationship, relationship over legalism. And he could have given us a, less, a list of to-dos, and uh, then we would have felt the pressure of having to um, perform and measure up uh, to check off the boxes of, of getting everything right. And if we fail, we just need to try harder, try harder, try harder to mm -hmm. do. Rather, he is saying, abide in me and allow me to abide in you. And then the, the second part of, of this text, 9 through 17, uh, really comes back around and reiterates the same point with different words that, that as we abide in Christ, we are abiding in his love. And as we abide in his love, we will keep his commandments because we love him and we desire to please him and obey him. And if we're keeping his commandments, then we're going to love one another. 
with the love that Christ has demonstrated to us. And, and then it's all wrapped up with that word joy, that when we are abiding in a relationship with a living Savior and we're abiding in his love and we are desiring to obey him, uh, when those things are happening, uh, then there is great joy for the believer. So, you know, maybe a, a check for us is we, if we're not experiencing the joy of the Lord in yeah. our walk, are we really abiding in his love and seeking to obey his commandments? Because that's where real joy comes. Yeah, well, and, you know, talking about getting in his word, well, we're not, we abide not just by hearing his word, but, but by doing his word. Yeah, that's right? right. So obedience is part of, of what it means to abide in him. And, and yes, that springs from love, but it, it's also, you know, knowing what he says and putting it into practice and not just leaving it as, hey, I, you know, I checked that box. And, and none of us want to say, hey, we just we just read it and to, to mm. read it, but we read it to be changed by him and to see change in our lives. Not to sound like a broken record here, but I point us back to the measures <laughs> that we've <laughs> identified, right? Because the second one being that student who lives changed, right? The whole point of this is that as a student, you look at, Jesus, we want we want people to just be in love with who Jesus is, what right. he does. We want them to go to his word and see those things and study them deeply, not just so that you can have that knowledge, yeah. but so that you can, in the end, imitate him. Because that's what you do when you love something. Yeah. You grow to know more about it, and ultimately you arrange your priorities uh, mm -hmm. so that you can follow after it. And that's the, that's the important part of, as a life group leader, that you're able to sit in a in a circle with other believers and have conversation about God's Word and how our lives intersect with God's Word. And, and even the really cool thing is, is when we can have conversation over, I really struggle in this area. Or, hey, this is what God's Word is teaching me. This is a struggle I had, and this is what Scripture has instructed, how Scripture has instructed me. And so as we abide in, as we're spending that time in God's Word, we, our mind is being renewed. Uh, we're applying the truth of God's Word. That's an encouragement to the other person that's in the room who maybe it's not abiding. That's right. It's not walking with. So, so important for, ha for us in life group to have these conversations. Not just sit and listen to me talk, but let's have this conversation about God's Word. Uh, yes, and to spur one another on yes. to uh, continue to be faithful to to show up and and abide in in Christ and and to know that this is a struggle. Uh, mm. It's a a spiritual battle because our power and life change comes mm. through this abiding relationship. And so, always at the end of our our teaching time, we we really want our life group leaders to to zero in on live it out. And, um, and, and this week's Live It Out is, is really asking the question, how will you be intentional about bearing fruit that lasts? And, and just in that statement, you know, how's your quiet time? Mm -hmm. uh, how, how's your discipline with margining time to abide? And does that need to change? And if so, how? And how do your prayers need to change uh, considering this abiding principle uh, that we talk about this week. So uh, do press in, lean into those live it out points and application um, and make that a priority before um, the class time ends. Yeah. 
Thank you for sharing uh, with us as we look to, to prepare for this lesson that's coming up. Um, we'll remind our life group leaders to um, uh, promote and encourage our groups to participate in serving at Big Kaboom. Also, to remember to pray for the decisions because by the time you're listening to this, VBS will be wrapped up and hopefully there will be many children who have invited Christ into their lives. So just ask you to remember to pray for those children who've invited Christ into their life. Also, uh, you should have received a card on Sunday morning uh, where um, you were asked to pray for the students and the leaders that will be participating in student ministry. That'll start on Thursday. I'm sorry, student camp. That'll start on Thursday. Uh, so be sure to pray, um, be praying for God's work as there's a large group worship and small group Bible study and even just that downtime and those conversations that take place while at camp. So we just ask that you would pray for these and ask that God would move in a big way at camp this year. Uh, so Again, thanks for joining us. Uh, you can subscribe uh, on for the podcast, and you'll get the notification uh, each time the new podcast comes out on Monday. So thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time.